hey, mamas and papas out there. If you have ever wondered, how can you transform conflict with your kids to connection? How can you guide your children to their fullest sense of worth? What are the core concepts of conscious parenting that you can practice daily? And how can you introduce intention, presence, and divinity into our parenting relationships? These and many more questions will be answered in Dr. Shafali's three-day intensive parenting workshop on conscious parenting on December 4th through 6th in Los Angeles. Join us, Atomic Moms, Neil Donald Walsh, author of Conversations with God, Malika Chopra, Susan Stippelman, author of Parenting Without Power Struggles, Susie Kessler, and of course, Dr. Shafali and more for an intensive weekend of transformation. Early bird and bring a friend rates available through October 15th, 2015. Register at drshafali.com Deconstructing Parenthood Workshop. Hey guys, it's Ellie Noss here with Atomic Moms. Last week, we we released our episode with Dr. Shafali, Oprah's parenting expert. And so if you loved that episode, or if you appreciated a particular guest, or if you find yourself looking at parenting in a different way because of something you heard on our podcast, please share it with a few people. Word of mouth is everything for us. And as always, feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Atomic Moms. You can follow our individual accounts. Bianca is at Miss Kylik, and I'm at Ellie in LA. Some of you might remember my family portrait story from last week. We got the photos back. I posted a few of them on at Ellie in LA. So check that out on Instagram. My amazing co-host Bianca is rehearsing her bottom off right now for the season three premiere of Undateable. It airs this Friday. It's going to be an hour long episode. They are taping it live not just in front of a live studio audience, but actually live, kind of like Saturday Night Live. Like you're actually watching what is happening in the moment. And they are going to be doing that for East Coast and again for West Coast. So I can't wait to sit in the audience and watch how different they end up being because the actors end up improvising so much. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, So Last year, we brought our daughters to set and we wrangled some of the cast members to record interviews with us. And so we're revisiting that episode. We've got David Finn, who plays the lovable bartender on the show. Rick Glassman, who plays Bursky. Uh, he's the one who's always like Gaga for Bianca's character. And we wonder if they'll end up together. And then Ron Funches, who's everybody's favorite Shelly. And he is a real life dad whose son is autistic. And so we wanted to share this episode with you guys in honor of the season three premiere of Undateable. Enjoy. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, welcome. Welcome, we, welcome, We are welcome. actually um, in my dressing room right now. At, at Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. We're doing a little um, Atomic Moms on the run here. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, the schedule gets a little crazy. And and we're in the dressing room. Bianca has blackout curtains so that little Magnolia can nap in here. There's a big cube of uh, a ball, a cubed ball pit, yeah. um, toys. There's all sorts of, of why are that? And also we have, we have my husband, Mike Catherwood with us. Yeah, hi everybody. Aww. He's actually co-starring in this episode of Undateable. He plays a love interest for Leslie, which is really exciting. I am co-starring. I'm featured. No, you're co you're a co-star. Okay. This will be Guest so star. good. And when it comes out, we will be putting it up on Facebook and Instagram and everything so yeah. you can see how cute It'll be they really are fun. Together. And we're super excited about today because we have a couple of the boys from Undateable stopping in. Give us uh, some of them are dads, some of them are uh, one of them is a dad and two of them are not and they're going to kind of give us their take it's, on uh, Ron Funches. Yes. And Rick Glassman and David Finn. Um so uh, let's get started. And I apologize for my voice. It's a little scratchy. I caught something my daughter had. But it's super sexy, right? Right. Hey, guys. We're back with Ron Funches now from Undateable. Um, you, are you the biggest winner of At Midnight? Yes. Um, the best. You are the best. And the did best. you win like an alternative comic of the year award last I year or feel something like you're adjusting that mic without knowing whether it needs it or not <laughs> I was in, mike was adjusting the mic i could see the producers over there they're like i'll get close get closer it was, it was my radio intuition ron uh, we are so excited to be speaking with you because you are the daddy on the show <laughs> how old how old is your son he's 11 and is he in Portland? He's in Salem, Oregon, okay. outside of Portland. And his name is Malcolm. It is. And you are such an amazing dad. Whenever yeah. I see your Instagram posts when he's in town. I haven't met him yet. Is mm-hmm. he ever going to get to come to set? Um, 
I don't know. Like, you usually, like, I, I like to just, when he's here, we're just hanging out. So, I don't want to be like, oh, we're here, but I'm also working and you're not going to see me for, like, all day. So That's a good dad thing to do. I think I would be like, Sabrina, watch your mother on the stage. Watch me do my thing. <laughs> So when he comes to town, we're usually just going to amusement parks or just sitting and playing Legos. So I try to just not have, either I'm working or I'm with him. Like I don't, I'm either focused on work or I'm focused with him. Right. Um, I have a question for you. It's something that I've actually thought um, to ask you even before you sat down to do our podcast. Because we're professionals and we come up with our questions before. (laughs) Well, no, because one thing that people may not know about Ron is he's like this uh, Zen Buddha and uh, he just like his kind of outlook on life is very you just always take, I think, kind of a, a peace and love approach unless the line has really been crossed. And then you, <laughs> and then even then you let people know. Um, but you're also you're just a big kid yourself and you love to um, you love. Yeah, I love playing video games. <laughs> I love comic books. I love just um, being childish and telling jokes and root pulling pranks. <laughs> so it's fun. It becomes, you know, me and my son are, I mean, he's like my best buddy. So it's like, it's just fun to have a buddy who wants to play games with you and I can show him the games that I used to like and he shows me new things and it's just real fun. I should probably be more of a disciplinarian. Well, that was what I was going <laughs> to That's what I was going to ask you is what happens? I mean, have you had a circumstance where you've had to discipline him? And, yeah, of course. And, what, and how is that for you like where does that line kind of where is that line drawn in terms of because it seems when I ever talk to you or, or see pictures like you guys are best buddies and you go and do a lot of you have similar interests you love to do the same things together mm-hmm. um, so how do you kind of get out of being the kid and being the dad when you need to like lay down the law what is how, what does that look like for you um, I mean it's just about his attitude, usually. Like, I mean, as long as we're having fun and things are appropriate, I don't have a problem with anything. Um, you know, he also has autism, and sometimes his speech has been a little limited, so, like, he'll curse every now and then, and I'm like, I never try to put a kibosh on that, because I'm always like, oh, you, like, didn't talk, so if you feel like this is how you want to express yourself, I'm not going to limit you. Uh, but, it, you know, mm-hmm. if there's times and places where... He's just being a brat or something. Right. It's just kind of like time to sit him down. And I usually do it with, um, because I know the thing, I think it's helpful, but I know the things he loves and I know mm-hmm. what he likes. And so it's like, well, if, if you're going to act like this, I'm going to have to take this away. And, right. And that's usually what gets him. And so he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that works. I'll be okay. I'll be good. I'll be good. And then um, he's just real reasonable. He just, you know, has fits every now and then. And we just try to handle it. Without any type of physical harm. (laughs) (laughs) Has there been a practical joke or like a prank that the two of you guys have done together? Uh, He more, he likes to pull pranks. He likes to hide things. He likes to hide food in places. What? (laughs) Like what? Give me one instance. That sounds so, I imagine like a cat. Cheese? Cheese? So put it in a drawer and then you'll find it six months later. I put, uh, I had string cheese in my pocket because I'll give Sabrina little bits of it. Yeah. And I accidentally put it in the washing machine in the dryer. So I had grilled cheese. Oh my God. (laughs) When I was growing up, there was um, this series, this book series called The Babysitter's Club. And I I was obsessed. Yes. And there was a character, Claudia. And I remember as a kid. She's the fashionable one. Yes. And she, do you remember what else? She also hid, had candy hidden all throughout her room. So whenever the Babysitter's Club met at her house, she would pull these bags of candies out from like under the bed and in the bookshelf. And I remember I went out and and saved up my allowance and I bought a ton of candy and I hid it in my room. And I thought it was so cool. But the thing with Claudia is it seemed to last much longer. For me, it was gone in like one day. <laughs> you found your, it's like your own Easter egg hunt. And you, <laughs> yeah. Um, so ab- about how much time does he spend equally with, uh, between you and your, and your ex-wife? Uh, I mean, he spends the majority of time with her. Um, he's here for the summer, so he'll be here for like two months in the summer. And then just whenever I have time off that it's been hard to that's been probably the hardest part about this job lately is that I have to have a little bit of, like when our hiatuses change, I have to mm-hmm. have a little bit of know whether I'm going to get him or not. And right. So, um, and he's always like, you know, I want to come in February or I want to come in then. And I'm always like, well, I got to schedule it to whatever is, uh, works with this show. Uh, so that's been the hardest part because then sometimes I just miss him. And yeah. Then, 
So I'm trying to, I'm getting them for this weekend. Or, oh, so good. that should be fun. Uh, but, you know, so I'd say he's here like every two months for a week, two weeks, and then he's here for the summer for two months. And then I go and visit him and we just hang out. It's fun. What, um, now he, he was born before you started doing stand-up, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you, how do you think having, well, so you can't say because you weren't a, a comic before, you were in your heart, but before like doing, actually professionally being paid to do it, um, how does having a child, you think, influence your comedy? Do you find yeah, that? Yeah, it's just motivating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A thing of, uh, I didn't care. I was just chilling, get, taking gravity bone hits and <laughs> dirty mattress. <laughs> So I was like, I guess this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life, and uh, then I was found out I was gonna have a, be a father, and it was just like, oh, I better get it together somehow. So I got a job at a bank for a while, and you worked at a bank, mm-hmm. oh like a, not like a bank, bank, a bank call center. Uh, <laughs> so people call me and get mad at me for their mm. money not being there, and I had like a 401k, and I was pretty good at it. I hated it. And then um, once I found out that he had autism, it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to need to make a lot of money. And I was like, oh, I could, this job's a trap because they're paying me like way more than minimum wage, but I don't get any experience besides this Mm -hmm. banking industry. So I'm either going to be stuck here or be like, oh, I can't go back, can't go back to minimum wage, or I'm going to have to go do something. And I knew I didn't want to go to school for anything because I'd never been interested in anything right and knew i wanted to do comedy and so it's like well i might as well now or never <laughs> how how old was your son when you guys uh diagnosed he was two. him he was two years old yeah she's pretty early uh we just thought he was deaf <laughs> uh, i mean that's the scariest part is that when we're like oh he doesn't sleep he doesn't sleep at all sleeps from 2 a.m to 5 a.m every day and that was rough because then i started to go to work like, I don't know what's wrong with him. And that was terrifying. So once he got diagnosed, at least we knew what it was. So that was like, oh, okay. Well, you're just, you're just different. <laughs> and have did you guys then obviously take a different approach with schooling? Or, I mean, what does yeah. that entail? When I mean, it just tells a lot of therapies. Like, he's just been in school since he was two. Yeah. So, like, and then um, now he's homeschooled. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's mostly just dealing with other people who don't understand what it's like because they don't get it when, like, a kid's screeching or he likes to hop a lot and you got to deal with a lot of neighbors and stuff. Mm. Yeah, and that's where the money comes in because I need to get a house. <laughs> yeah. I can't have a landlord because they will kick us out. <laughs> Is that legal? No, probably not. But they get, you know, you don't no, want I'm that sure. type of environment no. where you're like, oh, I'm calling you. And I just want to be like, look, you can come over here every day but this is gonna keep happening and i'm not gonna yell at him and cause our relationship to get weird mm-hmm. because you don't understand right i'm sorry that this is inconveniencing other people i truly am but like that's what i do at a hotel so like if i know going to a hotel i'm just like you need to put us away from other people because he's gonna be loud and we're gonna have a good time and that's just about it do you are you do you find um that you are more disappointed in adults uh, reactions or uh, misunderstanding of your son and his condition or uh, other children? Um, mostly adults because kids tend to usually either kind of pick up on it right away and just adjust or they just are oblivious to it and they're just like, oh, it's just another friend of mine and he sometimes he does, doesn't talk a lot <laughs> and he's just mm-hmm. hanging out and it's always, you know, adults are that... Um, that's usually how I judge a lot of adults, actually. It's how they talk to him. Because a lot of people will either ignore him, like he's not there, or try to talk to him like he doesn't understand. And so, uh, you know, they belittle him. But if they just if you just come in and you treat it like, hey, what's up? And then the, and when he doesn't answer you, you're just like, okay. <laughs> you know? And I go, oh, you're a cool person. You get it. You get it right away. You know, like, all right? He's just different. We're moving on. That's what I like. Do you feel like, um, I mean, it's crazy because I've worked with you for a long time now and I actually, <laughs> Rick Glassman has just bought it. Well, you're eating, you're eating a little loudly right there. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I saw Ellie's face and I know I was, I was like really like, we are like hearing the most beautiful thing ever and just not um, it's interesting because I actually didn't know your son was autistic until you just said it right now oh, okay. and uh, um, what do you I, I feel like with anything with kids they're, like people get so uncomfortable to even just ask to just say like if they notice something I feel like there it's this like line you can't cross where if you feel something's different you don't want to offend people mm-hmm. you know and um, I mean it sounds like you would much rather somebody just flat out ask you you know no. or or what are, <laughs> no. you just what do you yeah what do you I rather um, I mean I w- yeah mind your own business and it usually if you're close enough to me and we are I'll you know yeah. you'll know and I'll let I'll let you know I'll just be mm-hmm. like or if you if I'll read your face when he doesn't react to you and I'll just be like oh he has, he has autism you know? right uh, you know it's not no I don't think the answer is to be like oh he has you know he <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just uh, I mean I can't you know sometimes I'll see kids in the street and then I know telltale movements or like things and I'm oh. just like oh autism right. wow. that's fun you know and, and <laughs> <laughs> just spot it <laughs> when you decided to do stand up about autism was there did you because it's amazing and everyone should look up your work with that do you was there any anxiety about sharing it yeah, or joking course. about it and like how do you how did you figure out how to do it in a way that's like um, well i just always wanted to be honest yeah. and i always felt like i mean this is a big part of my life so i'm gonna talk about it it's not like i'm like i'm the comedian and all i talk about is you know my son and how kooky is it's like that's not anything to do with it it's just that this is my son this is a part of our interactions and so i bring it up and the things that i've noticed that are kind of weird about it and make it because he's uh, because it turns him it cuts through all the bs and sometimes it makes him a jerk and like it's and that's funny to me and so i like to talking about this little kid who's basically walking around the house like he like it's genghis khan <laughs> <laughs> just like bring me this bring me that I mean basically when he visits like I'm just this bacon butler like I just bring him bacon and get out of his way that's, that's pretty amazing. much it um, and how do you know when that's the autism or he's just being a jerk oh, like all children are <laughs> oh, yeah that's when the difference between when you're like oh you need to be punished <laughs> yeah. okay. or you just chilling cause um, Sabrina would love me to be her bacon butler <laughs> you know that from all the pictures you like on Instagram of Sabrina. By the way, I smell a, a spinoff sitcom here. <laughs> Ron Punches, the bacon butler. The bacon I, butler. I, I watch that nonstop. Uh, uh, but the most part was just, I mean, I was a little apprehensive and I've gotten some, I remember one time a lady really hurt my feelings who was a comedian. Not a good one, but a comedian. And because she was just like, oh, that's great. That's a great new bit about your retarded kid. And I was just like, oh. yeah, I was like that. <laughs> and I wanted oh. to punch her. Uh, but you don't do that. Uh, and then. Um, Maybe you do. <laughs> so that hurt my feelings and it actually stopped me from doing the joke for a little oh. bit because I was like, is this what people hear <laughs> when I'm saying it? But then I started to get feedback from people who had children with autism or had other members of their family and uh, they were like I love it I love how you talk about it I can tell that you love your kid when you talk and I can tell and you you talk about you make fun of him because it's funny and you can but you still you're not you know you're not making fun of him because he's differently able you're just making fun of him because of the things he did and yeah it's your story yeah. it's your life and people related to that and so i was like yeah i mean that's what i'm gonna talk about every I, time i sorry, no you go, go ahead first. no you go first i was just gonna say one thing like every time that i get to interact with you ron i'm more and more impressed with you as a human like being ricky to leave <laughs> yeah actually so we might cut this little part out but rick glassman came in here and he had an ice cream sandwich and like seven napkins that he was crumbling up while ron is telling us this beautiful story and i just wanted to kill him and i was like okay this is the ocd mom in me who's like really rick are you gonna make this about you right now and luckily i gave him like dagger eyes and then I felt bad about it. And then Ron just turns and goes, you need to leave. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's part of the thing about being on set here is like we're with each other for many, many hours at a time and you learn really quick how to just, I, I think that's one of the best things I've learned from Crystalia is like he just 
tells people like it is. Ron just tells people like it is, yeah. you know, and I, and I'm always so worried about hurting people's feelings, but I was just going to say, um, when you interrupted me, um, <laughs> I'm worried about hurting your feelings now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, is that, you know, working with stand up comics has really helped me. And even as a parent, um, because you guys have to get up and you have to just go for what you're going for. And you can't think about like, if you're going to hurt someone's feelings or if you're going to say something that somebody's going to take wrong. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that like, you know, this person did hurt your feelings. Um, but I think as, as parents, like I'm always so worried, like what is this parent going to think if I'm doing this this way? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's rough because I think there is no, um, larger kind of landscape of judgment than parenthood. Well, then you, I mean, you're new at this, but <laughs> you should know about lying. <laughs> lying is wonderful for these types of Yeah. Because if you're going to tell, if you're, you know, you reach those parents and they're like, no, I'm doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. And you're like, well, my kid doesn't want to do any of that. But you start feeling bad, right? And yeah. Like, you just go, yeah, we, we too. We're <laughs> doing, we go, we go to a different place. But you're not doing any of that. <laughs> Nobody needs to know. That's how I like to do it. The discretion is a big thing. Okay, so how do you learn discretion for the people that have a podcast and overshare all the time? <laughs> like, how do we learn discretion? How do you keep the privacy because I'm sure people are especially now with Undateable and everything else like with, uh, are people just like on Twitter all the time with you and on Instagram and I'm sure they're all commenting on like how do you even putting up photos of your kid on Instagram yeah. does that become weird like um, sometimes just when the occasional person wants to be shocky and write something mm. gross or something but you know it's, I always I'm just like it's just an open window and if you know somebody comes in and just uh, delete block it's easy you know, and then you move on. That's but great. I'm not going to stop me from... Because I don't even look at it like I'm posting for other people to see mm -hmm. on Instagram. On Twitter, I am, but I usually am not talking much or posting pictures of my son on Twitter. But on Instagram, I, I legitimately am, am like, oh, I never keep a photo album. I want to have pictures of my son to go back and look at. Hopefully this website's still around. <laughs> oh, we're all screwed. That's so great. That's so, true. And I just, so I post pictures of my friends and my family, and I, and I try to make funny captions, and I don't... I mean, if people write jerky things, I just get rid of them. But I'm not, that's always the thing. It's like that reaction, you, you do something and you get a reaction, and your thing is like, oh, I'm, I should change how I am. And it's just like... No, like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I do. If I get that reaction, I'm going to take it, but I'm still going to be like, well, no, fuck you. I do what I do. You just shouldn't listen to me. You should go away. You don't have to listen to me. That's always my thing is like, I don't, you don't like me? So what? There's so many other avenues for you to go find people you do like. I'm not going to change. I think it's a big thing with my mom, probably, that came with was helpful. It's just, it was always, just do you. For, like, the first day of school, she was just like, hey, there's going to be kids that like you. There's going to be kids that don't. Those who like you for who you are, stick with them. Those who don't, fuck them. And go to school. <laughs> Oh my god! I am gonna put that. Uh, I'm gonna like get a separate little tape recording of that, and I'm gonna and listen to it, it every night. That's gonna be my new I, hypnotherapy. Fall asleep. <laughs> Ron, thank you so thank much you. for coming and talking with us and sharing me. so much with us. I think that um, you have a beautiful perspective on things. And, you know, look, I've just so enjoyed getting to know you on this set. Yeah. And, and I'm so damn proud of you just as a person and a performer because I, I do love you teach me a lot about about mm -hmm. sticking to my guns and being true to who I am. And that's amazing. So thank, thank you. you for coming. In. Thanks for having me. You guys are great. All right. We can take a quick break. and We'll come back with someone else. Guys, we're going to be back with our guest in two seconds, but I just want to remind you to get on Facebook, write comments, like, do Instagram, Atomic Moms, Twitter, Atomic Moms, and go on iTunes, please, and subscribe, and write awesome comments, and star us. Uh, thanks. Uh, now we're back with our guest. Hey, guys. Um, now we're here with Rick Klassman. <laughs> Um, he plays Bursky on Undateable, um, but he plays Rick. Played in Bursky on Undateable. <laughs> I'm actually here to <laughs> give you some news. Announce your resignation. <laughs> I'm now going to be the Leslie character. Oh, amazing. That's good, because I didn't feel like I was it's filling those shoes very well. It'll be oh. a body swap show, like Freaky Friday. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yes. And Rick is now eating, he had an ice cream sandwich earlier, and now he's eating a turkey sandwich with cucumber. And it's funny, the thing that drives my mother more nuts than anything else on the planet is chewing, like the sound of chewing and eating. And I got Your that mom from or, her. Oh, yeah. And I got it from her. Yeah. I mean, I cannot no, handle my, it. My Other people can't, eating. can't handle um, uh, judgmental observations. Isn't that interesting? How we yeah. just... Yeah, it's not judgmental. It affects me deeply. You know, it's the mouth noises. I listen. I was sitting in a room full of with forty other students taking the SATs, and I kept hearing this, just like what Rick's doing right now. And oh my god, I had to stop. I had to call. I had to stop. I had to call the proctor over and like point point the person out, and and then the girl goes. It's my retainer. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I know this uh, is about me, but it's, it's when a I, thing. When I was pregnant, I almost uh, killed Mike um, for, for doing such things as eating loudly and opening soda cans across the room. Um, but no, noises were like, you know... I, I don't understand. Opening soda cans across the room annoyed you? Oh, uh, like... Where was he supposed to open a can? And how many cans is he opening? Yes, somewhere outside of the house. I, the truth was, I wasn't supposed to. That's, that's the answer, is that yeah. whatever I was doing, I wasn't supposed to be doing it. Gotcha. Adam chews when he, he crunches apples. Whenever we go to a hotel, he always grabs an apple from, like, the dirty apple bowl in the lobby that's really just supposed to be decoration, right? No. And he always crunches it so loudly. He's so cocky with his apple crunching. It drives me insane. I've told him this. It's true, though, right? I said there's something so arrogant about eating an apple outside of the house. (laughs) Because we get it. We get it. You're healthy, you know? But eating an apple, there's nothing more of, hey, look what I'm eating than an apple. You know, yeah. you need to have Shiny. a napkin, even though you don't really. There's like you wipe juice your dribbling down the side. The crackle of biting but the thing into is, it. But it's always the, the dirty end, hotel apples. Husband, yeah. who, because he eats apples. That's true. And that's a metaphor for how he treats his body, but. Um, Rick. Is, and his name is Adam. Isn't the apple? I don't know. Adam. Adam's me? apple. Yeah, that's what forceful. you're thinking. Oh, Adam's <laughs> apple. I was thinking like the fruit, the tree. I don't know. Um, your girlfriend. Your girlfriend is just texting message. you. Woo. Is it serious? I don't know. Should I look it up on TMZ? I heard that you are now going to be Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rick, you are not a parent yet. Um, we know. But what I do want to, but what I do want to talk to you about is you have an amazing relationship with your mom mm-hmm. and your dad. You have a great relationship with both your parents, and um, and and so, so great, in fact, that you take her places where most people would be like, my, I'm not going to be here with my mom. That's not because I'm this amazing son. It's just because my mom's my mom makes me look good. <laughs> you know? Because she boasts about you and is your... Yeah, but is she's your... very complimentary. But no, she's just a fun energy and it gives me a good energy. You know when you're around someone who's dancing, you want to dance? Um, she doesn't necessarily dance, but like I dance when I'm around her. You know? Like she's just <laughs> oh, fun. Oh, that's the best. No, people love her. She's, she's <sighs> cute. She says what's on her mind and also luckily what's on her mind is always like beautiful, sweet things. And she's like, she has a way of complimenting people where it's like an observation, not like a kiss ass or flattery. So it's like, that's, you just like, you know, look great today. And it's like, yeah, 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 I do. You're, yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, it's like. And she does have like really, really fun energy. She, you feel like she is, um, you know, still 16 years old and she can, reminds me and can go all night. Yeah. She, I feel like I'm 16 is what she always says. I say, relax. <laughs> I'm my girlfriend because of my mom. Uh, when I was at home for Thanksgiving, um, Tori, my girlfriend now, uh, I, I never, I didn't know who she was, but she came up as a recommendation on Twitter, and I, she has. A and lot what's of, her last name? People are wondering. Listeners are wondering. Tori Devito. Okay. And I don't. Uh, I, she has a lot of followers, so I didn't think she would see me. So just to be silly, I started tweeting at my mom. I said, "Hey, at you know, they tagged my mom. I have a huge crush on at Tori. What should I do?" My mom says, "Tell her you're tall, dark, and handsome." I said, "Mom, I can't tell her that. She's got to discover this on her own, or someone she knows and trusts has to recommend me." We had this conversation back and forth, and Tori ended up seeing it. And then she sent me a message, and then um, uh, I was sick, and we were starting work that week. So I said, um, I'm sick, and we're starting work this week. Uh, <laughs> let's meet up next week. And I wanted to, I, I missed her. Like, I liked her. I was just, she was, I was sent her a video. She sent me videos. We were being cute as shit. Cutest, can I say shit? Yes, okay. absolutely. We were being very cute um, and shit. And <laughs> she, uh, we had FaceTime dates, and before we met, we spent like, 
we had like 30 hours. Like sometimes on work nights, we, I stayed up until 5 in the morning. Like we've been dating for months and I was out of town for a few days. Just talking. So we met and we'd already talked for so long. So like by the first date, uh, I asked if she'd convert, which I was being kind of cute. But I also very, very much meant that. You usually wait a week or two. <laughs> um, she will. And uh, Will you raise your children now. Jewish? Yeah. Obviously, if yeah. she's going to convert. Okay. Yeah. It's not even a religious thing. It's a tradition yeah. thing. You know, I want yeah. my wife to know the stuff about the heritage because I don't know anything. And I want her to remind me when and what I'm supposed to light and what I'm not allowed to eat. And I want the kids to like have like temple humor. <laughs> and then when they're 13, we'll just never go back. When you're, when you're dating a girl, um, is, <laughs> is it more important? I mean, is, is like what she might be like as a mom or those qualities that you think that would make a good mom, does that even come up into your head at this point in the relationship? I, rarely, or? I don't have strong relationships with anybody outside, including non-sexual relationships, if I don't think they'll be a good mom or dad. <laughs> really? Because <Yeah. laughs> um, I'm everyone's son. You know, aren't we everyone's oh, son or daughter? Oh, oh. <laughs> um, the way the way Tori treats her dogs, I've noticed. Like she goes home and she has to go home. She has to walk them and let them out. And it's not because those are the rules. Like I know she like empathizes for these animals, or I guess sympathizes because she's never been a dog. Um, <laughs> but like she'll come in and she'll like like I missed you. And I'm like, oh man, you're gonna be a great mom. You're gonna be a great Jewish mom. <laughs> um, honestly, I think about that all the time. Fucking girlfriend won't stop texting me. Just leave me alone, Jesus! But you get it, you get it. Like, you know what she knows? She knows she feels you talking about her right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I was just doing that thing where it's like I'm speaking like I'm really sweet, and then it was being aggressive. I, I know with stand up, with your stand up too. Like I feel like half the time, like I'm laughing and I don't totally get it, but I'm laughing even though I don't totally understand it. Have you wait really fast? Yeah. Have you read? Or I've listened to Steve Martin's Born Standing Up, like his memoir. Yeah, it's because he reads it on Audible. No, I read. I didn't read it. I listened to you it. You listened to it too. <laughs> Did you? Like, I listened to it. Did you listen to <laughs> yeah, it? Great. Okay. Yeah. It. He reminded me so much of you. The whole thing. I just kept thinking, "Oh my God, this is Rick Glassman," and it's so amazing because I feel oh, like wow, you guys do a, a similar thing. Thank I mean, you. he's my favorite, so you're my second favorite. Yeah, but I do. I do, I do it different and better. But <laughs> no, I know you are different. You're different and you're completely unique. But he reminded me of you. In a great way. But anyway, I, but I that... find that believability is more important than than anything else. Um, of course. So if you're going to tell a joke and the person knows you're joking, obviously it depends on the joke and what the structure you're telling. But if part of the joke is a lot of times, and I don't think we realize this, we go through motions and jokes, and I even see this in writing and shows where it's just like it's a it's a it's a device, and everyone knows a device, so you just do the device, and it doesn't matter if it's believable or not because oh, I get what they're doing. Right. But what these jokes really are, especially if there's no direction and if it's real life, there's no camera on you. It's could you imagine if, and then 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 what it is. So if someone's trying to imagine if, commit, do it the way it would be. If I go and pretend to fart, it's like, I get it. Could you imagine if he farted? That would have been funny. But instead of that would have been funny, if I make you actually think that I farted, I'm using that for the hackiest, simplest example. Or if you actually farted. It's like, Jesus, he just farted at at this graduation. That's crazy. Just do the actual thing. people don't laugh as hard because they're like worried about you. Like, don't you think sometimes... Why would anyone need to be worried about me? Well, and and here's here's the thing. It's... It, I get it. I get why you guys do it. You guys are constantly on and constantly practicing. I'm just not used to that. Sure. I'm not. I'm not. When I'm sitting on set and I'm talking, I just am having normal conversations, and a joke flies out of nowhere, and I'm unprepared for it. And then I. And the thing is, it's, what happens is. I feel it, like because there's always a little bit of truth to it. It's a joke, but there has to be truth for it to actually be funny. And so I like immediately go, "Oh wait!" And then I now I'm better about it because I'm first of all meditating, which is making me less reactive. But also I'm starting to understand and get that like you guys are joking pretty much 99.9 percent of the time. Um, so so I don't take it as much. But before. I'm just, I'm so not used to people constantly saying things so direct and so real. And then I realized, oh my God, they were joking. Um, that's what makes you such a great mother. You know? <laughs> How do you, here's a question. How do you um, get thick skin as a comic? Yeah. That's a good one. Tell our you listeners. Because a comic. Well, you, I you want a thicker skin. And that's what makes you a comedian, I think. Okay. So how it's do you what? do it as a person? Um, well, I think the first step, and, and I haven't articulated this to myself. I've never thought about it in this way. So I'm, I'm kind of figuring this out as I go, but. I think the first step in this, and this is probably true with, with, with anything, is, is, is having an awareness, is to understand, like I said before, to understand intention is so important because then it's not about how you feel, it's about what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that's almost a reflective way of looking at it or defensive, but that's what it is about. If someone calls you fat, 
it's not about you being fat because either that's a subjective thing and it doesn't matter or you are or you aren't. So whatever they said doesn't make you fatter or skinnier. It's what are they trying to do when they said that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Are they trying to hurt you? And if so, why? Um, are they trying to be funny? And if so, was it? And just mm-hmm. to be aware of like what you're hearing and what they're doing and to know that it's just that. There's nothing more tangible about someone calling you fat than you being fat or not. None of that matters. If they didn't say it, it wouldn't have affected anything. So having an awareness, and I think that's kind of close to a confidence or, or, or knowing who you are because it doesn't matter if someone calls you that. You know, if you've accepted that you're fat and someone calls you fat, you're going to say, yeah, right. I mean, I, I am fat. If someone calls you fat and you haven't accepted it and you're insecure about it, it's like, oh, don't call me that. But it's not them calling you fat. Okay, so like what if somebody says to you, I'm just picking an example. Like, what if you go and you yeah, do a your, show? Your Juno's is getting bigger every day. <laughs> no, something where you re- you work really hard into at. The mic, <laughs> into the mic, please. Into the, into mic, the mic, that laugh. <laughs> I do. I feel like I've been getting, even in the dressing room, I'm getting more and more Jewish. And like the sweaters, I put on, and after two sweaters, I, I complain about how hot I am. Come in with your bagel sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like, what if somebody comes to your show and afterwards you you hear them or they come up to you and they're like, you, you fucking suck, man. You, you're not funny at all. Give it to me and I'll give you an honest response. Okay. Give me something specific. Okay. Um, uh, so, like something specific about your show. And who are you? It doesn't matter. Something okay. Specific. Tell uh, me who okay. you are to me. Uh, I'm a guy who came to your show. Do I know you? Uh, no, you don't know me. Right. I'm a stranger. Go ahead. Um, I walk up to you after the show and I just say like, I don't get it. I don't get what and what you do isn't funny. It's just rambling. I understand what you're saying. Um, that's why you don't get paid so much money to do what I'm doing. <laughs> But thanks you, for coming wait. watching me. Thanks for sitting and, for four hours and watching me perform. And okay. Rick, what would you say a year ago or two years ago before Undateable. That's about the intention. If someone is coming from a mean place, I know, but you said, right, right, right. I get that. But if you you said the thing about that you make so much money doing it, what would you say when you weren't making so much money? Somewhere not making money? Yeah, you're just doing stand up around town and not making money. Like if 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 you're at the beginning, you know, you believe that you're. I would, would, if if I didn't think the set went well, I would say, I know, man, I'm, I'm getting better. And if the set, you thought the set did go well, what would you say? Oh, I thought I did a good job, man. I like that. What about if it's somebody that you look up to, like let, uh, like a fellow like comic, Chris. and you ask them, and you say, hey, what did you think about that set? And they're like, um, it wasn't good. First of all, Chris would never even watch me perform. <laughs> um, into the mic, laugh into the mic. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, these are such, I mean, I, if it was someone I looked up to, that would hurt me. Right. The whole point is, it, it, but if someone, I, I, I can't imagine I would look up to someone who's that cruel, you know? That's true. Why would, and anyone I looked up to is good. And you they'd know? be a good and parent. And anyone who's good would probably be a good father or mother. Yeah. No, but if anyone's good, a lot of times when people are coming from a hateful place, it's, it's, it's very much reflective. They're just being insecure. If someone says that that's not funny, it's because they're thinking, oh, I could do that, or I wish I could do that, whatever it is. Right. It's coming from an insecure place. People that have accomplished something and their self-worth isn't in something that they want to be doing or don't think they could do well, they're not going to come from that place. Uh, personally, in the, mo- in the most selfish way, I feel that way. If I had a bad set uh, and I stay and watch other comics, I'm not laughing. It's not from a hateful thing. I'm just not in the mood to laugh. I feel everything sucks. I just I suck. This is shit. I'm done. If I, have a, if I crush, uh, you notice I'm laughing at everything. I'm just in the best mood. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I get it because he's not wearing a hat and he said, hey, look at my hat. That's hilarious. Right. It's the mood I'm in. Right. So I don't know. Um... But I know everyone on the show loves each other, which is crazy. Yeah. And I felt that way for real. Half of us knew each other before, but from the pilot, I felt we all loved each other. You and I were getting coffees and salads at Gelson's on day two. Um, So you have to already have that instinct of knowing what the intention is. And right. it's trying to get a laugh and nothing more. So maybe I'm very insecure and I and just I mean constantly in the, in think people are way, saying bad about me. But you're way too insecure. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I Do mean, you think it's, it's also much. like a boy-girl thing a little bit? Because yes. guys yeah. are, like, I feel like in elementary school. Guys are great. Yeah, because guys are just so much better than us. No, not at all. Um, but just that. That was so crazy. <laughs> um, so insecure the, the way the, you just said the that. The guys do, they are always ribbing on each other and stuff. And like, I didn't have a bunch of. Um, brothers growing up that would you know pick on me and boys stuff. Make so fun I of never, you, boys, boys make fun of other, other boys other in front the of the boys. Girls make fun of other girls behind the girls' backs. Yeah, it's so you oh, never develop a thick skin, but you develop. Other, that's why girls are bitches and guys are assholes. Because because <laughs> you can't. It's like a girl will be will. And this is a very blanketed statement, but as look at kid. When I say this, don't look at women and men. Look at look at twelve year olds. Guys will push other guys down and say your pants are stupid. You're fat. Girls say, oh, yeah, you're so pretty. Ugh, she's such a slut. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then so guys you, are always trying to get each other to laugh to impress the girls, right? Yeah. Too. I mean, or to make themselves feel good. A lot of my... If, if I... if I, 
I've noticed that if I don't get a laugh someplace, even if I'm, and this is only because I'm so, so insecure, but if I don't get a laugh on something, it's like I, I feel like I accidentally just said the N-word. I couldn't get hotter. You know, right. I just like, oh, that wasn't funny. They probably think I'm the biggest loser. I need a laugh. Do you so still then I'll do overcompensate. That? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'll notice if like I'm being funny and like I'm killing, I'm killing, I'm killing, and then say one thing that doesn't get a laugh, which who mm-hmm. cares? Also, you don't need to get a laugh. Turn it off, Rick. You're obnoxious. Uh, it's like, oh, fuck. I shouldn't have made that. La- I should have left five minutes ago. Right? Isn't it annoying how all those laughs don't fill up the one non-laugh? Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. It comes from a very insecure place. Yeah, I know, Rick. We. Uh... That's what makes me a good father. <laughs> Into the microphone, please. <laughs> there you okay. go. We love you for Thank coming you and so stopping much. by and Congrats taking the time. And we can't you. wait to see you um, play Leslie are, on Undateable. Are these going back to back? Like, are we going to hear the Ron one before this one? No, not necessarily. Okay. Would, well, for those of you that did. Um, do you notice how much of an asshole he was when he still asked me to leave? <laughs> He's like, I, I'm going to need to ask you to go now. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, just, mm-hmm. you're, hey, I get it. I obviously did something. There must be a little resent there. But relax. But I'm see, chewing the cookie where, loud. You know, that's what was, he was in his moment. Like, he was doing his own thing. He was talking about his son and stuff. And so that's why it wasn't about you and your sandwich. It was about, like, no, yeah, he absolutely was in a good was. space about what he was talking about and absolutely you were distracting was. It was absolutely him. about the relationship he has with me, 100%. Oh. Because if somebody else was chewing loud, he would say, hey, do you mind? I'm trying in the middle oh, of Oh, but the way he said it to you. I now, agree. I say this coming from a place of he's one of my best friends. Yeah. And I love him. But fucking relax, bro. <laughs> I get it. I come in. I'm chewing too loud. I'm sitting literally on his shoulder almost. <laughs> hey, Rick, not the right time. That's on me. I messed up. But if someone steps on your shoe, you don't. You don't call him an asshole. You say, excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. Thank All right, Rick. You, Rick. Love you. Bye. The mic. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. We'll be back. Okay. So we're here with David Finn. My Hello. husband is laughing at me. Um, and uh, David Finn is, he plays Brett on the show Undateable. Um, he hails from London Town. Ireland originally. I'll have to stop here there. Re- uh, really? Yeah. I did my not da- know my that. My dad will kill me if everyone thinks I was born in London. Oh my gosh, that's Irish, so funny. Irish, Irish, Irish. How many years did you live in Ireland before you moved to, to London? Uh, three. I feel like I had no idea and that changes yeah. like all of what I think about you. Why now what do you think? Now I you know. know he's Irish. Let's hear it. It's well, like, it, it makes stereotypes. It strains the drinking, <laughs> makes you even dirtier. Yeah. <laughs> More poetic. Yeah. Love she doesn't potatoes. want to get on his bad side. <laughs> Might punch her. Yeah. Um, so I know we had a long day today, so we won't keep you too long, but we kind of yeah. want to talk also to you. Friday in traffic. Yeah. Oh, yes. Except that he lives literally two minutes down the yeah. street. You know, we're going to keep you forever. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're on. I, I live on stage 18. <laughs> Um, so David you are married I am how long have you been married I've been married for two and a half years awesome and you do not have children yet I do not and you moved to the states for undateable yes and so when you have children are your family back east way back east in (laughs) London are they freaking out that that, how are they going to see their grandkids Um, well Lauren's sister Lauren's my wife uh, Lauren's sister just had a baby recently and it's kind of it's the first grandchild in her family, so they're all kind of rallying around Lauren's sister. So I think in a you know I think they're sad in that they might not be there to see the grandkids grow up as much as that. But um, you know I've said to Lauren, you know we'll we'll get your mum out for a month, for the first month, just to kind of uh, set you off on the right road. Yeah, you could also have a reality series since you're in LA, and then they could just see her grow up, your child grow yeah. up in the reality series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, or make them a child actor, the boy or that's, girl. That's the plan. Yes. Yeah, athletes or actors. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, athletes and, become great actors, based too. On, based on my here. history, they're definitely not going to be athletes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know. They could be good at soccer. Football. Or rugby. Football or rugby, yeah. 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 That um, really doesn't carry much weight get in the, these parts. No one cares the, about get rugby. the ball on the floor. Yeah. Real skill. <laughs> mm. um, okay, so, and you're thinking about kids in the near future. and Well, the... I mean, we've... I think we've been so kind of overwhelmed with emigrating <laughs> that in, I mean, we didn't even decide to move here permanently until we got the second season. Right. Yes. We were here for the first season. We weren't sure. We were just going to kind of see how it goes, see if we liked the States. Luckily we do very, very much. Yay for um, us. So we decided, yeah, second season will we'll kind of settle. And it's just kind of now the dust is settling only recently and we're kind of starting to talk about it and 
making moves. Lauren's got a great, uh, a great baby lady. What do you call him? OBGYN. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I like baby lady better. I like baby lady too. Baby lady. Yeah. Um, We're trademark that. What is do you, now? Do you feel like there's one of you that's a little more ready than the other? Do you feel like you're both kind of on equal uh, ground when it comes to the decision? Um, well, I think uh, I'm three or four years older than Lauren, so I'm age-wise obviously older than her, but emotionally definitely she's yeah. way ahead of me. So I think we're probably on an even keel. I think we're both kind of, we're both coming to it at the same time, I think, which is... Which it's, is it's a big deal. I mean, yeah. I, I know that, you know, when Mike and I were thinking about doing it, Mike was certainly ready way before me. Um, and then when I decided... Um, As is customary in the bedroom, I'm, yeah. I'm yes. ready way before she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's you, because when you haven't had a child yet and now even more after having a child, I realize like you have no idea what you're getting into. Yeah. I mean, it's so life is so different from when we were single, you know, and David and I were just chit chatting before we got started. You got to put into perspective how like he got married right before he got a job in the United States. You got to think about what a dramatic shift his life's taken already yeah. I mean, yeah. to probably mm-hmm. regardless what, of how wet ready throw both a guys baby are. on that yeah, fire probably, <laughs> you know what let's just let's just settle into this oh one my God, first. enjoy it yeah. just enjoy brunch enjoy reading the newspaper oh, on a sunday morning enjoy laying in bed and just watching movies or any tv whenever That's you gone, want is it? just gone yeah, yes. I mean, there's things, like there's in the beginning, in the very beginning, you can, you know, like Mike and I watched the whole entire um, five seasons of Game of Thrones. I watched Broadchurch. It was so good. David was in Game of Thrones. I was in Game of Thrones. That's right. I won't. I, I'll you should have forget, been in Broadchurch. I'll never forget how goofy <laughs> you and I were when it got to the scene where David, like. Oh, because we were just, huge fans by the time it got to your yeah, episode. Cool. But I mean, like, it was really silly. Well, like, I fart, I take a piss, and then I get my face ripped off, and I'm yeah. dead by the credits. <laughs> It's a way to That's go. That's how I always envisioned my life. <laughs> yeah. Just rock and roll and yeah, then dead. Just go hard. <laughs> yeah. Now, let, let me ask you this. What, do you have any concerns? Are there any things that you're worried about raising a child in the States versus raising a child? In, yeah, there's in, so many things. Like, you know, in, in the UK, we've got the NHS. So everything is just free yeah. in terms of medical bills and, and stuff like that. Um, and here, it's just, we just haven't got a clue. Every time we call our insurance people, we're just like, okay, pretend that you're talking to an alien who's never heard of medical insurance because we just have no idea. Right. So that's really daunting. Yeah. Um, because we have to we have to learn the whole system where you guys grow up with it and it just kind mm-hmm. of goes in over time. Yeah, but even growing up with it, you still are so confused. I have no Every idea. time anything medical comes my way, I'm always like, wait. Can you get in easily, though, over there? Like, pretty quickly? Yeah, I mean, with, yeah, I mean, you just kind of book an appointment and you you do you it. Get I mean, in. S- okay, we're moving. People people criticize the NHS in the UK, and you know, it's what's NHS stand for? National Health Service. No, that would make sense. Pretty reasonable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why yeah. they kept it complicated, but <laughs> you know, people people criticize it, and they're like, oh, you know, I was in the waiting room for twenty four hours, or and stuff does happen where it's kind of you know, it's not as it tight as it should be. Happens over here too, though. But it's. It's free and everyone's entitled to the same thing, which is a great thing, I think. I wonder also, too, I mean, it, we're, you're looking at it through the prism of moving to Los Angeles, especially like an urban part of Los Angeles. Yeah. G- dealing with medical stuff around here, it's just, it's way harder than it might even be in other parts of the States because this is a, oh, so overpopulated. Yeah. I mean, doing anything here, it's just harder. It's so yeah. much harder. You go to an emergency room or urgent care in Los Angeles area. And you, I mean, it's almost like like forever. someone's doing a pr- like a prank show. You yeah. know, if you, if you have unless you have a, a bullet wound in your neck, you're not seeing a doctor for yeah. a long, long, long oh, time. Really? Yeah, that's true. So. What about like um, just just your childhood? What about you know? I'm sure growing up now. Did you did you grow up in London? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, I'm sure, had the ability to go pretty much wherever you wanted as a young kid, right? I mean, well, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of the opposite, you know, in, in London, it's kind of like New York, like you, you couldn't really play out in the street, you know, you'd kind of, you'd have to drive to the park or something with your family. But when you're, when you're kind of 15, 16, you'd kind of, you'd get on the, the tube, yeah. the tube, uh, which is the subway. Um, and that kind of gives you a bit of freedom, but it's kind of, you know, I think it's the same in most big cities and that is those kind of days of playing in the streets, uh, are gone really, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and also just even now, I feel like I was reading a book that was talking about how like kids can't even just go to the park 
and uh, at least here in Los Angeles, you know, or in the United States, have a pickup game of of softball um, because there's people are so scared of getting sued. I mean, there's so oh, oh much God. liability. Um, recess has changed for kids at school. The number of times I fell off of equipment on the playground yeah. and hit my head. Um, and we didn't have any of those spongy surfaces when I was a kid. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's why do I you, don't, don't know what NHS stands for. You're adding more things to be scared of for me. To get back to what we were saying about just enjoy brunch, which is very real because all of that personal stuff and those like bits and pieces of your day that you enjoy to just do stuff that luxurious things. Yeah. Um, it goes away. It really goes away. And we only have one child, Bianca and I. So it, I imagine what it must be like for mm -hmm. uh, numerous child families and things like that. But I like it better. I like it better than when I used to have lots of time on my yeah. hands. I really do. I like because every time I get 15 minutes to read a book or if Bianca and I once a week get to watch a half hour, uh, television show tosh we love it like we love yeah. that one episode <laughs> of tosh, tosh bianca and i it's like it's like it's uh, heaven it's like drink yeah it's truly like uh manna from heaven and uh, i don't i never appreciated stuff like that before yeah. i never did i never appreciated leisure time in my That's life true. until showers feel until so good now yeah <laughs> oh my god going to the gym i go to the gym every time i'm in the gym i train like i'm i'm no it's true you work so much harder what are they, what's that phrase your... what's the saying there's a saying about like um if you need something done give it to a busy person, right? It's like you just end up so much yeah. more focused because you don't have the time to screw around. You yeah. just get it done. I'm you definitely... don't lose hours or two hours on Facebook just... just no. No. It it, like that that stuff doesn't make sense to me anymore. It doesn't. It do, like, mm -hmm. it, I, and I'm not saying that like because I'm so worldly now. I've only been a parent for under a year. But it, that the idea of mindless time... Yeah. It doesn't, it, I don't comprehend it because when I'm not at work, I want to devote as much time as I can to my child. And when my child's asleep and Bianca isn't, you know, just pulled 90 ways from, uh, you know, 90 different directions. You, Sounds like, like 50 Shades of Grey. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you really do. You start to like value yeah. doing stuff. All that know? stuff. I mean, I think all that stuff obviously is daunting and you don't have any clue until you actually have the child. But that stuff's fine. You know, giving up the spare time and, and, and that's fine. It's, it's, it's the having moved here. Yeah, it's and, a support system, like yeah, not having a support system and the the medical staff and not knowing the school system here at all. Those kind of things for me personally are, are the <coughs> intimidating thing. Well, I can't imagine. I, I mean, honestly, I, I there's so much that you rely on. I mean, the good thing for you guys is you got us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your your network in the show at least is built in a little bit, and there's there's at least two couples here who have gone into that uh, dark night. Um, but, uh, it is, it's, it's all of the things that you don't even think about that you start yeah. to realize, like, just even when you have a simple question about something, you know, and the questions come up all the time. I mean, every day I feel like we, we actually pay a special fee to our doctor where we can like text him 24 seven. And I was really not sure if we should do it, you know, the extra expense. And it's a really good idea. And then we did it, and I swear to God, for the first year, it's the best thing ever because I don't feel guilty about every other mm -hmm. day if I just text him and say, like, what if she's making this noise? And today's technology, I, like, snap a video of her doing it. I send it to him. Oh, my gosh, he, I mean, amazing. it's crazy. What a yeah. great way to make money. That's good. I know. What an easy way to make uh, money. And he's no. lucky. And they could just Google it while yep. they're there on another phone. <laughs> and he's lucky because he's funny and cool. Like... I wouldn't be so into the idea of Bianca and I having this nonstop connection with our yeah, yeah. baby doctor if it wasn't for that. He's really funny. Yeah. He loves Mike. Oh, I bet. Make terrible fart humor all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a good one. And he one. can tell you medically about what the I functions can, of yeah. farts. And... Yeah. I cannot wait till Magnolia's in high school. She's going to just be constantly embarrassed by you. Yeah. I, no, I, I worry about that. Or That's she'll, or they'll be like co-partners in oh, crime. Sure. I mean, oh, that, I think and that was both. my worst well, nightmare. I worry about that, too. And more so, not co-partners in crime. It's how, how can I sincerely discipline my daughter for doing something that I really think is funny. That happens. You, yeah. When you figure that out, yeah. please share it with me because every day Sabrina does something yeah. and I will mm -hmm. tell her no and I will try and give her the stare down yeah. and she gets this twinkle in her <laughs> eye. She knows you're laughing. Yeah. And I can't help I it and I have to turn laughing. away. Yeah. I have to turn away but it, it doesn't, I cannot just like lay down the I law. Re I remember Johnny Knoxville talk, talking about how he had a real problem with his older daughter. She's it gotta be like 18 now but you know when jackass was really exploding she was in great uh, junior high school and he said I, I i really have to get to the point where 
I'm, I'm pulling my hair out because how can I yell at my daughter for disciplinary reasons when she knows I make a living getting kicked in the balls? You know, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. where yeah, do I he's draw got that it. line? That's a tough do not you find, to crack. As parents, if, if they do something they shouldn't be doing, pretending to be annoyed. When you're not really, but you're just pretending to be annoyed for the sake of discipline. Well, Magnolia's still too young for her to, like, I mean, she doesn't even understand no yet, really. I mean, I think she's starting to kind of get, like, somewhat of an idea about it, but... So we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I totally agree with Mike. It's like, I get mad at Mike instead of getting mad at Magnolia. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Magnolia does something that in, is inconvenient or that is tiresome or whatever. It's like I end up taking it out on him, and I'm trying to be better about Poor that. Mike. I know. I'm used to it. You've got it tough, man. No, I don't. I have I have a sweet life. But uh, she, she uh, had been doing that before Magnolia was born. So I <laughs> Like when her sister like would dogs come, to, would do no, something. like her, when her family of origin would come to visit from the Pacific, and they would family frustrate of her. origin when they would frustrate her, uh, I would, I would get, get yelled at always, yeah. regardless. Well, mm-hmm. you know, live and learn. Um, what do you think you're gonna have first, boy or girl? Just if, just gut check. If you have a girl, they have huge vaginas. And it like it, it, seriously, when they come yeah. out, their vaginas are enormous. What? No, it's really. swollen. Super swollen. But they okay. just seem big for a long time. Don't yeah. They? Every time you wipe, you're that like, was, Man. that was the only question I ever asked our doctor. Bianca had a list of all these. <laughs> st- I was like, is your vagina ever going to get small? Because right now, <laughs> like massive beef. Curtains. Like honestly, the beef curtains. I was like, I got a little. I was like, I, oh I feel God. so bad for her if this is what her life is going to be like. I didn't realize <laughs> you got, you went down these roads with this podcast. No, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to one and you were talking about being on a on a plane with the kids and it was so kind of nice and listen what anytime Mike's involved in it it starts to go down okay, but so... but Ellie will probably make us edit it out no um, no I promise but, I won't no, I won't about the giant baby no vaginas. but it's a thing <laughs> but then, and then the, the boys baby vaginas. the boys get the little baby boners all the time yeah do, do it doesn't they? stop yeah. and and so, and the boys pee all over you which yeah. is yeah. Uh, Magnolia peed on. Uh, Bianca last night for the first time really like, yeah. real pee on her like I, p- I picked her up and was carrying her to her bath naked and I felt all of this wetness and I was like oh yeah look down she peed all over me I think it's I um, when they I think it's, it might be a freedom thing Lauren's nephew does it when um, when their diaper's when you, off when you take their diaper off yeah I was well, it's leaning. also a chilly thing right You're yeah like, maybe it's just kind it's of like, yeah. there's a breeze I'm gonna pee <laughs> oh, bad point. oh that I was going in the direction of like, like if the they country. eat hot peppers I was thinking of the country. Oh, I was like, chilly. Ellie, wow, world traveler. <laughs> what did they do in Santiago? Nobody understands um, me. I dodged pee from four feet away over Christmas. <laughs> you did? Yeah, yeah. That it's was, not that That was when you were working with R. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. All right, guys, we're back. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you uh, enjoyed our little discussions with the boys from Undateable. Um, Undateable, of course, coming back March 17th on NBC after The Voice. Um, we're going to have Mike do a dad session. Oh, this is so great. It's really, I can't wait to hear what yeah. it is. So what's your dad session for all the dads out there? I would say my, my the most valuable thing to me as a father right now has been uh, being having a guy body. And that's because um, when... I hold my daughter. She's almost forced to like, kind of lay her head on my shoulders. You know, if like you have a man's, you're a little mm. bit more broad shouldered, and you have more like a upper chest and less booby than a, than a woman. So when she, when she's held by Bianca, she holds to her body differently. So mm-hmm. when I go for a walk with her, instead of putting her in the in her stroller now, I just like carrying her around the house or carrying her on walks because she kind of has to grab onto me. It's almost like front. Front way piggyback, and I really like that. There's nothing better than a man's broad shoulder. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so sweet. What it about really mom sweet. bomb? Okay, I've got a mom bomb. It is honor the space between no longer and not yet. And that is Nancy mm-hmm. Levine or Levin. Levin. No longer and not uh, yet. That's like the honor the space between no longer in, and not yet. In meditation, they say that's the the space between the inhale and the exhale. You guys, we love you. Thank you for listening. This was a really fun. one. It was a fun one. I I feel like it was a, it, it was an interesting viewpoint from, from and the I didn't boys even and have a voice and it was fun. <laughs> and guys, trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness and rock on. Atomic, Atomic moms. <laughs>
you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger. Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.